At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Welcome to Oral Hygiene as the podcast where we talk about educational films, caught films, experimental films, and interesting documentaries here. Uh, this is Matt. Today we are getting into one of those interesting documentaries, which is the $2 bill documentary. And we have filmmaker John Bernardo here. Hello, John. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just gave it a view. Um, it, it is definitely a fun documentary and, you know, just kind of like, I, I guess a lot of, we'll say, geek culture things, you focus on a cosplay of a sci-fi series or something. So uh, it's sort of a corner that everyone kind of knows exists, but uh, rarely do people really poke their nose into it. So how did your nose get in there? I was actually surprised when I started the film that nobody had ever done that before. Like you said, it's something that's out there that people know about, but nobody has ever bothered to pursue uh, for any level at all, really, that I found. And I have my own small stack of twos in my desk drawer, like so many other people probably do, tucked away in a wallet. You know, you might have one stuffed in a pair of jeans somewhere. And I was had made a few short documentaries and was looking for a new topic. And when I came across $2 bills in my drawer, I said, gee, I got to do something with these. I didn't know what to do. And I decided, let's make a little documentary. And I didn't think much of it. I thought it was going to be, you know, a quirky little thing where we do some history and show me spending them at 7-Eleven in camera. And it turned out that once I started researching it and digging, there was so much wonderful information, uh, superstitions and stories that people had about connections, you know, nostalgia, um, just everything. I mean, everything that's in the film that you watched, you know, 100 minutes worth of movie. People say, how did you do a 100 minute movie on $2 bills? And I, and I say, I probably could have done 130. I had to cut it down. I mean, that's how much good material I had. So it was all there. And when you start digging you find this great information and it was right for a story that i felt needed to be told yeah i guess my my old my my own two journey i remember having a um i think when i was 10 probably similar to your desk having it you know just right when you open the wooden drawer there's one right um mm -hmm. works. Late, later on i had uh you know one in my wallet uh as i said i'm living in japan now and now just having a little bit of american money in my wallet is like the weird thing right so <laughs> Had, yeah, and to have a two in there, especially, right? If someone, if you got uh, pulled over or something and someone went through your wallet to see American money would be strange, but then to see a $2 bill would be even stranger. Right, right. And uh, I mentioned to you just before we start recording in Japan, we have the, the 2000 yen bill, which would be equivalent to $20, but is never seen in Japan. I mean, it's, um, it's not, and again, it's not a rarity. They do make them. They just mostly send them abroad. So if you get your money exchanged in America, you're very likely going to be given a bunch of um, 2,000 yen bills. But when you come to Japan and use them, you're going to get a similar um, reaction to trying to pay with twos. Well, maybe there's another documentary for maybe I have to come out to Japan and <laughs> explore yeah, yeah. that. Well, yeah, I was mentioning the, the geek culture. And um, the, the big thing here, I guess, is the, uh, the train culture. Just people being obsessed with trains. I mean... Uh, you might hear one roll past as we're doing this podcast. So uh, I, I commute by train and 
uh, I'm on like a countryside line. It's not the main Japanese uh, rail system. So, you know, I'm going to work, but I always get off the train. There's like people shooting pictures and stuff. And it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, not my thing, but uh, to each his own or her yeah, own yeah. for that matter. But yeah. So, yeah, my thing was $2 bills and I had 11 of them in a drawer and um, that and I, I spend them regularly, not mine. And the interesting thing about it is I have my collection that I obtained from you know, when I was young and it went in a box. But then I went out and bought more and I got them at the bank and I used them, but I never touch the ones that I have in my drawer, which I'm actually on the video here. I'm pointing to it. This is where they're in this drawer right. here on my left. But um, I never use those like those still have some sort of sentimental value like those mean more to me than you know, a stack of a hundred of them that I may get at the bank. So uh, there is that sentimentality. There is something, you know, collectible about them and, and, you know, connection that you have with your own currency that won't allow me to spend the ones that are mine, but I will spend others that I obtain, you know, through other means. Now um, you had it tightly tied in with the, the tooth fairy. I guess that's a mnemonic thing to tooth or something like that. No, it's, um, the tooth fairy is, you know, people know, you know, comes in the middle of the night, leaves you money for your um, tooth. But if you just left a dollar, it's just, you know, it's like nothing special. I think one of the appeals of the tooth fairy, this aura, is that she might leave you something cool and not just, you know, a, a dollar bill or a five dollar bill. So dollar coins and two dollar bills have been the kind of things that you don't see those very often. You know, you can get one from the tooth fairy. It adds to the mystique of the tooth fairy. So it's really got nothing to do with it other than it's a cool way to deliver a $2 bill. And it actually speaks to the way we perceive $2 bills because in as much as they are regular currency here, people just don't look at them that way. They look at them as this special thing, this, this thing that a tooth fairy can bring, but you can't go to the bank and get when the truth is you can go to the bank and get them. So um, there's this whole aura around the $2 bill you know, which you saw in the film, which I can get into a little bit here, but just goes back to the fact that it was never really accepted. It was always looked at as this novelty thing and it's never been able to shake that. Um, and, and it constantly people look at it as this weird thing. Well, I guess a, a big part of it is sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. So, you know, it's like perceived scarcity, right? In the years they're not making it. Yeah, they've made it um, probably in the last, um, since 2013, so eight years, they probably made it four or five years if memory serves. Um, so they make it 50% of the time. It just depends on demand. Now, when they make it, they don't make all that many, um, but they still make them. And some people think that they don't make them anymore, that they do. Uh, and they are more scarce than other bills. But if you compare $2 bills to 50s, there are not that many more 50s than twos. And nobody has the perception of 50s as being rare, hard to find, but yet the twos are. And to go even further, um, $10 bills, you probably saw this in the film, there are not twice as many tens as twos. You would think that tens are all over the place because people use them, but 1.3 billion $2 bills out there, I think there's 2.3 tens. So it's not twice as many. So you know, for every $2 bill that you hold, there are not two tens out there. <laughs> so how rare is a $2 bill? Answer, it's not rare uh, at all. Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised to see that little statistic. And um, sorry, just to wrap around, uh, I, I won't stick on the tooth very too long, but just a weird synchronicity is, um, you know, I watched half of the film Saturday night and half Sunday, and I teach on Saturday. So uh, that morning I had a class of small, like, you know, five-year-old kids, and uh, there were two lost teeth in that class. Like during the class, I had to go get the tissue and wrap it up, have them put it in their bag. So <laughs> 
I just thought that was a kind of weird synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should find out on Monday uh, they, uh, what they got from the Tooth Fairy. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, probably Japanese money, but you never know. Maybe there's an American $2 bill somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, you know, someone goes abroad for a while, they might pick up that sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, when you get one, the perception, again, it's a little redundant to say, but when you get one, you don't think that there's so many out there that you treat it with some reverence, you tuck away and hold it for safekeeping, thinking it's worth something. And that mentality has to stop, in my opinion, in my movie. And I have a YouTube channel we could talk about that has a lot more $2 bill content. I'm just trying to get the message out there that twos are a uh, normal currency and you know, they still have some great powers, the ability to connect with other people, the ability to start conversation. The whole reason I'm on your show here is because I did a movie about $2 bills. But if I did a movie about $5 bills, I don't know that I'd be talking to you right now. Your, your interest, right, is has to do with this unique piece of currency called the American $2 bill. Right. Um, and you get a lot into the uh, artwork on the back, which, of course, that was striking, you know, when I was a kid and got the first one because it's... Uh, of course, the backside is so ornate and uh, who's there, who's not. That was interesting. It made me think of, uh, you know, like you'll see pictures of Stalinist Russia where someone's in a picture and then they've been taking taken out, whereas they had all the uh, founding fathers kind of moved around and shifted and all of that. So that, that was certainly interesting. Yeah. And the beautiful back actually speaks to one of the reasons why it's rare. You saw it in the movie. People thought that the, when the bill came out in 1976, that was such beautiful artwork, that it was such an amazing picture for the back of a bill. It looked like a collector's item. It, it wasn't what you normally saw on American currency on the back. It wasn't just a building. Um, it was this historic portrait. And so it that actually contributed to how many people thought it was a, a collector's item and, and not a piece of real currency they could spend. So all these factors um, went into... The perception of the bill, which I find interesting because it hasn't been able to shake it, for, you know, for many reasons. There's just so many reinforcements to, for people that it's not uh, a real bill because of all these little um, misunderstandings or misconceptions. And of course, uh, that's the bill featuring Jefferson, which I don't know seems. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I my degree is social studies education, so I, you know, have studied all this stuff, and I, I'm down with the jefferson side for the most part so it's kind of interesting that uh jefferson does end up on the, the one that's a little more we'll say mystical or whatever yeah exactly i found that interesting as well and uh, you saw there was a presidential historian in the film who talked about his relationship jefferson's relationship with andrew uh I'm sorry with hamilton and how they had a fight over money in a, in a central banking system and all, all these different things and these are things i didn't know anything about when i started the film and, and that's where you know, the research and the phone calls when I started the process, you start going, wow, there's a lot of really interesting information in the movie. And, and one of the big words when people watch it is surprise. People tell me, wow, I'm surprised that I, I didn't know all of that about the $2 bill. I didn't know this. And I didn't either. Um, but I think that's the beauty of the film is that not only is it fun, you know, educational, but you just you, you're surprised at how much you learn, how much you didn't know. And I hope that the story is, you know, hope the way I told the story is, you know, a nice journey for people to experience for a hundred minutes. Yeah. I, uh, another one that I thought was certainly interesting was um, watching it go from United States uh, bill to federal reserve bill in 1913. I was like, Whoa, that, that, that is eerie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know. Again, that's another thing I did not know, um, you know, that it was, you know, I never looked at the top of a note. Just, you see the word federal reserve note. You don't think any 
of it. And then you realize that um, older bills say United States, no, what's the difference? I would never have, <laughs> I mean, how many people in your office even bother to look at what that says and, and realize that there was a time when uh, there was another set of words up there that meant something totally different. And uh, I do remember as a kid having, I, I want to say the date on it was 1930. And this was just a $1 bill, but in that larger format, which is also something um, we don't 1918, see you know, 1918 was larger format up until 1928. 1928 was the first year where they had a, uh, they shrunk the size down to the size you have today. Okay, I'm working so on you might, There might be a 30 bill that's smaller, but it started in 28. I'm also working on a uh, 30-year-old memory there, so I'm not sure I'm right about that date. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here to, here to correct um, any, any, any misstatements you might make. <laughs> right, exactly, because my, my grandfather was into uh, coin collecting, so I remember in his basement quite a bit of coin sets. Um, I, I guess we probably, we're at my parents' house, we probably have some of those. I, I don't imagine they got rid of them, but uh, there's probably some interesting coin spreads that hey, it's been another 30 years so who knows maybe they are valuable now <laughs> yeah you never know i mean um people dig up two dollar bills in their drawer and they think they're valuable and some i'll actually get emails people google search stuff on two dollar bills and they end up finding my film or my youtube channel and they email me and say hey what's this worth and i always have to write back saying well i'm not a numismatist it's a tough word to say I'm not someone who collects currency and knows all that. I know what I know from researching the film. I know, but I don't always know what a 1928 red seal $2 bill with a certain serial number is worth. I can give them a ballpark, but they're always asking me for that. A lot of times they ask me for, you know, what is a 2009 $2 bill worth? I just found one. And I'm like, well, that's worth $2 because <laughs> there's nothing special about it. And people just, again, just think that there's something more to it when it's really just a piece of currency that's worth two bucks. Well, even the more rare one, rare ones, you need to you know find the right venue because if I stop someone on the street and try and sell them my very valuable two dollar bill, they're probably going to give me two dollars for it. You know, I need to go to one of those trade shows or something. Um, yeah, if, if you took a Red Seal nineteen twenty eight two dollar bill into your local supermarket and spent it, would be you just get two bucks. They would take it and put it in the drawer. Um, it's worth a little more than that. It's just that you have to find someone who's going to pay you for it. And that might be a currency dealer, either at a show, coin, coin and currency show, or maybe he has a local, you know, brick and mortar. Um, but yeah, I, I, same thing, you know, with $500 bills and a thousand dollar bill, I did a video on my YouTube channel just to take currency a step further. And, um, I didn't really research the 500 and a thousand a lot, but those bills are worth more than 500 or a thousand dollars. They haven't made them for 30 years or more. Uh, but if you took a $500 bill into a car dealership and used it to help pay for a car, they would accept it as 500 bucks. And you probably would have got more if you took it somewhere else. So, um, you know, you got to be careful what twos you're spending, but any $2 bill with a green seal that says Federal Reserve note at the top is worth two bucks, unless it has something strange, like, a, you know, unique serial numbers you saw in the film or, you know, some unique caveat to it. Uh, they're worth two bucks if they have a green seal. Yeah, I was a fan of the one that said two dollars on the front and one dollar on the back. It's like, what's that worth? <laughs> a, a lot as a yeah, what was out, that? But... <laughs> yeah, I uh, forget. It was like seventy five thousand. He said, I forget offhand. My own movie. I haven't watched that scene in a while. But that was a rare misprint for the audience's sake, where they had a nineteen eighteen two dollar bill on the front and a one dollar bill on the back, and so they call it a double denomination. And it's that's hard to find. <laughs> worth a lot of money. Yeah, I would guess it would be worth you know a dollar fifty, but apparently not. <laughs> Yeah, you split the difference between the 
the two and the one. Yeah, exactly. Um, but those yeah. are fun things too. error notes. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, when I was growing up, I was one of the people, one of those kids that I, I did enjoy reading the comic books too. And I read them too much. And of course they weren't in shape to sell anyway, but you know, people are like, Oh, these comics will be valuable someday. It's like, yeah, but you got finesse it. You got to find the people who see it as of value. You know, you can't just take it to the pawn shop and expect to get something decent for it. <laughs> it really, that's how any, as I got older, any collectible, it's only worth what you can sell it for. And if you can find the right person, sell it too you can get a lot more than if you you know if you just if you don't find somebody who's good with that there are people on uh, ebay selling two dollar bills uh, at a markup because feed off the misconception that they are rare so they'll sell a stack of a hundred two dollar bills which i can go get from the bank tomorrow pay two hundred dollars and have a hundred two dollar bills but they'll put them up on ebay and they'll charge 240 dollars for them um saying that you know they're they're rare and they're sequential serial numbers which they would be if you got them in a bank you're basically paying two dollars and forty cents for a two dollar bill you know a hundred times it's a ripoff and there are people that that buy them so and you know there are people selling them and there are people buying them so you got people who are taking advantage and then the people who don't know any better who are paying a premium to get a bill that you could just as easily get at the bank it's like um you know i recently found uh, that I, um, I play music so i found a bass guitar at a ridiculously cheap price uh, like clean like about th- that one was about 30 years old and people are like oh you, how, you you can make a lot of money from that you can sell it i'm like no i'm gonna play it <laughs> that's right. why i got it <laughs> the deal's nice but i'm gonna play it that's what i'm gonna do with it so <laughs> i agree now it's you know it's a fun thing i was never much of a um currency collector i mean i, I like money <laughs> in general i like money and i do find our currency history somewhat interesting um but i never really looked into it I made this film and it was just, you know, I thought certain bills were cool. I didn't really study anything or research anything. Um, but this film really brought out a, an interest for me to go not so much beyond the $2 bill, but you know, learn a little bit about other bills. And, and just in learning about the $2 bill, you learn about certain series years and changes that they made to the two that also made changes to other currency. Like the 1918 $2 bill has a battleship on the back. And then you learn that each of the denominations had a different back you know, showcasing something that America was proud of. Um, so you start, you know, taking this $2 bill history and expanding it to what you learn about other denominations. And you really start to learn kind of the history of our country, to be honest with you, and, and how things worked in the uh, you know economic system, um, what the treasury was doing and, and dating back to the civil war when they needed a universal form of currency. So I learned a lot making the film and uh, I certainly hope that it co- it's communicated through the through the movie i mean you've definitely learned something right i think you'd be hard pressed to say you didn't learn anything by watching my film right and it's funny because i actually i have um zero interest in economics i don't understand financial stuff you know like i get a paycheck it's in the bank and but yeah like you said i I am interested in history i'm interested in american history and, and looking at it this way really is more of a history thing than an economics thing i mean again that's why you don't really know what these are worth because it's it's not the economics on your mind. It's the uh, the history and the interesting stories that come with it. Yeah, and you can hold money. You can hold it. I mean, you know, economics. I agree. I don't really care too much about it. Um, but put a piece of, you know, I put a crisp two dollar bill in my hand. There's just a, it has a certain feel to it. Uh, it's tangible, and that's cool. And that's why we save them and pull them out every once in a while. I would pull the ones out of my drawer, like I said. I said I got to do something with these. 
they just felt different to me. And I just like, I wanted to do something cool with them, but I, but it wasn't going to be to spend them because I didn't want to lose them. So there was that balance of what am I going to do with these? And there was to you know make a film about them. And um, yeah, I also like the, the wacky sides of it or the whack sides, I guess I'll say, but um, for example, I, I love the uh, two owls lard uh, conspiracy. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Right. It's kind of crazy. And then I make videos on, like I put some of that stuff on a short video on the YouTube channel that the film's based on. And people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, I'm just reporting. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just letting you know what's out there and what other people believe. So that is what we, I don't want to spoil it, but it is a, uh, what in, in Illuminati message on the $2 bill. Let's leave it at that. Right. 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 Well, you had that, you had, <laughs> we had Baphomet there. That's, that's fun. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's kind of hard to see. i mean if you look for it you can kind of see it but it is a stretch you know, yeah it's that, not, if, that, if you got to squint that much you know uh <laughs> it's a, a I little mean, bit of pattern see, recognition yeah you can kind of see the horns but again it's like looking at a cloud i could tell you what i see in a cloud it doesn't mean you're going to see it um and that's the case on the back of the two dollar bill so people think that the baphomet you know the devil's back there but um it's only if you allow yourself to see it will you see it exactly um we also had the space history which is is fun i definitely was not there's something i learned if nothing else um the the i'd heard about what dr edgar mitchell taking esp experiments with them on the apollo flight but uh, maybe he had a two on them as well for all i know <laughs> yeah and i love that story that gentleman uh, richard jurek is fantastic and he actually i believe found me i don't think i found him i don't know how my research didn't pull him up but uh he learned about me doing a two dollar bill and made it a point to figure out where i was and how to reach me and when he told me his story two dollar bills on the moon and i was like well, it's gotta be <laughs> it's gotta be in the movie let me put you on the list and i flew up to chicago to meet him and uh, all that that whole segment you saw there was me in Chicago with him, and these bills have been in outer space, you know, orbiting the Earth uh, in, in astronauts' pockets while they walked on the moon. That's crazy. I mean, that's unbelievable. Again, no other bill does that. There's no such thing as somebody's lucky twenty or lucky one dollar bill, right? I mean, you've never heard that. It's a lucky two, and you know, nobody takes ten dollar bills to the moon. They take twos. So that was a fascinating story and a, a great. Great day working with uh, that gentleman, and I think it really enhanced the film. It was a really cool part of the film. Um, yeah, the luck thing is definitely there. Although I am thinking, if I was a Apollo astronaut, uh, besides having the "I've been on the moon" bragging rights, if you're like, "Hey, I had like a thousand dollars in cash on me on the moon," you know, <laughs> just in case I hit like a lemonade stand or something, right? <laughs> or if there was a mall up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, if the aliens are waiting, maybe they take uh, Federal Reserve notes. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so that's cool, too. And again, just to be redundant, but there's just so many cool things I came across, and, and that's one of them. So it's interesting to hear you, you know, bring that up, uh, you know, or at least when you watch the film to write it down to remember to bring it up here during this, this podcast, that uh, that is something that was cool for you. It's cool for a lot of people to see that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I'm, I've been a space geek since I was a kid, and I get into weird stuff. I, I'll sit there and watch people explain why no one actually went to the moon. It's fun. It's interesting. You know, I, 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 want, I want someone to tell me why they, they think Transformers are on the moon, too. So, but uh, well, And the Earth is flat, right? That's another one. The Earth is flat. 
Right, right. Uh, there's a, yeah. I don't I don't remember the guy's name, but uh, you know, he's put out a whole documentary. Um, don't buy it, but it's fun to watch, you know. So I, I guess uh, what's wait, which what about what? I'm interested now in oh, watching that's, that. That's, which one? Uh, Flat Earth. Uh, what was it called? I think it's called Level. Documentary. It's a Flat Earth documentary. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Level or something. So. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, the point is, it doesn't even matter to you no. or to me. It doesn't matter. So if I really want to know, I need to you know, become one of our rich billionaires uh, taking pot shots in the space and check for myself. <laughs> yeah, or just get on a plane and fly east or west and just keep flying until you're back home. Then you'll figure out the earth isn't flat. So right, right. That's, that's <laughs> the solution. In fact, if I had enough money, I would get like the 200 most prominent people who believe the earth is flat. And I'd say, I'm putting you on an airplane and I'm sending you east for 20 hours and you will land in the same place <laughs> that you started eventually I will prove it to you. Yeah, I'll give flying to Japan. Uh, you know, if you've got the window seat, you're going to see the north coast of Alaska, which, if it were flat, wouldn't really make much sense. So, right. Of course, if you did that around the world, they'd all come back and say, well, somewhere along the line, the plane turned around and didn't tell us, you know, when you blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, okay. people, once they have a belief on something, they, they kind of stick with it, even if proof is presented. <laughs> exactly. just look at our our last election <laughs> i'm not gonna get into that but yeah i don't even uh, know what happened there um uh, again yeah for me i've gotten to the news like i'll look at the headlines right just like i just want to see what they're saying today i don't i'm not even like really buying it too much so um and of course you know i see the completely different flavor in japan uh so, which was most of the news, uh, NHK state television. So I guess we're getting like state news. Uh, America doesn't get that so much. They have, you know, the, uh, couple giant companies now, which give you the flavors of news. Right. So yeah, we don't have, I, I guess PBS would be the state news, but nobody watches that. Yeah. I, I would be interested in hearing more about Japan, but this is not, that's not a topic for this podcast. <laughs> we're here talking $2 bills, not your life in Japan, but, um, it is interesting to hear the differences. Um, you know, I've never been there, so I don't know. You know, I didn't even really know that. I know they have yen there. I didn't know what the denominations were. So we said they have a two thousand yen bill. That's like news to me. I don't know the denominations. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me naive or or what. But I never really studied Japanese currency. So I mean, I know they have the yen just because I I hear it. But I don't think I've ever seen one, or if I did, I forgot. I'm uh, here in the United States and I deal with American currency and that's, that's pretty much it. Right. I mean, but yeah, I guess, like you said, it's so tied in with American history. So, I mean, if I went to Indonesia and had a study of their currency, that's going to, you know, bring up some interesting stuff. Um, I did do a video for my YouTube channel, I think in the last year, because um, I take, you know, the channel is great for those. Anybody listening, is there for free. That's one place you can watch the film. Um, and then I also took all this extra content that didn't fit in the film and repurposed it for the purposes of a YouTube channel. I have about 65 videos. And one of them was $2 bills around the world. And so I found all the different bills around the world that have a two on it, whether it's not, you know, worth two, whatever. I mean, that's why the 2000 yen, it's not two, it's 2000. So I didn't go there. But if there was a two yen bill, which I guess would only be worth, what, a two tenths of a penny in in Japan, right? Is my math is correct? I, so I profiled a, a, in one short video all the different twos around the world, some of which are still being used and some aren't. Uh, but it was an interesting educational thing. And the research on that one was tough because I had to make sure it was accurate. Like, is the bill still 
being used. And then there's some people who called me out uh, on the comments that said, you know, I missed this one or what have you. So um, probably got 90% of them right. <laughs> the video might have a few factual errors, but I did my best. Yeah, I worked one summer in Canada, and I remember having to, you know, learning the whole nomenclature at the, the loonies and the toonies and, and all of that. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, the toonie is um, obviously can, uh, Canada. Um, that's a coin. The toonie is a coin. We know that, and we know that from the film. But uh, I didn't know much about other foreign currencies. There was only that one bit in the film, which you probably saw toward the beginning when I was at the numismatic show, when I mentioned that I saw some twos from other countries. And one of them was, I think, Zimbabwe, right? They're, they went by real fast. I flashed a couple of them on the screen just to show that there are twos in other countries. But that was the extent of any research I did on foreign twos for the film. That's not really what I found the film should have been about. It was, you know, the American $2 bill, which is the quirky, misunderstood bill that nobody thinks is real. The other, I guess, quirky thing with that denomination and $1 bills is um, simply the fact they're not coins. Uh, I found most countries I've been in, it's uh, like Japan, uh, it's not paper until you're up to the equivalent of $10. Anything under that's a coin, you know? Yeah. Or no, ones yeah. and twos. Uh, Canada, it's coins, right? Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I went to Europe before the euro was the thing, so I had to keep exchanging my money, and I can't quite remember what the deal was there, but... Our American system of currency, people are used to $1 bills and they're really less and less practical as inflation grows. Uh, and and, and probably I've had some people tell me on my YouTube channel and comments and whatnot, and they should probably overhaul our system, but people aren't used to change. And I don't mean coins change. I mean, you know, change like from one thing to another. You can get rid of the $1 bill and say, hey, the two is more practical or we're just going to eliminate the one altogether and go with fives. People don't want to do that. People are setting their ways here on the kind of currency they use and how they use it. The one bill outside of the 20 is probably the most popular bill that we have. And I don't think they're going to get rid of it anytime soon. I know the government, and I think I said this in the film to some degree, the government would rather print $2 bills because you can get twice as much money with half the currency, you know, half the paper, um, save a lot of money on printing supplies. People just won't accept it. I mean, it's, it's such an easy bill to use. It's so much more convenient, I find, when I spend them. No one's ever going to change in this country. Maybe in Japan they would. But here, government ever said we're not going to make $1 bills anymore. There'd be an outrage. Yeah. <laughs> people would not know. I mean, they wouldn't know what to do. I guess it's how many people even carry money in the States and how much. Like I said, it's been last time I was in the States was 2010. But I remember usually having about 20 bucks in my pocket just for whatever and you know mostly using a bank card right whereas um yeah, i've had i've had one dollar in my wallet i think for the last three or four weeks and i think i just gave it as a i bought a pizza or something i threw it in the jar so now i have no money in my wallet and um i don't see any reason why i need to stop at the atm and get more because i don't know when i'm going to use cash i mean cash just comes to me when someone maybe we split dinner or something and someone gives me cash to cover their half. But otherwise I rarely get cash. I don't know about you. Well, it's about saying the States, definitely the case, but uh, living, yeah. living here, I, um, I hope no one comes and stops me in a dark rice field tonight or something, but uh, I walk around with like the equivalent of like 200 bucks in my pocket most of the time, <laughs> which you would not do in the States, especially in no. a city like Atlanta, you know? <laughs> yeah. You don't need, you don't need it. I mean, when do you use, you know, it's, I think people like to get cash. It's, you know, it's convenient. You know, here we get hurricanes. I'm in South Florida. 
uh, if you need to evacuate or something, it's good to have cash because if you power goes out or something, you can't always use your debit card. If, if a grocery store's power is down or something, uh, cash is, you know, universal, but I did, I also did a video on my YouTube channel recently called the end of cash, because it looks like through the years, there've been less and less cash and we're using it less. So you wonder if we're ever going to get to a system, especially with crypto now popular, but you wonder if we're ever going to get to a system where cash just isn't used. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I posed the question uh, in a video on my YouTube channel. And then it's, you know, it's interesting to read the commentary when you get it back. Um, I don't use, I like cash. I just, I find myself not using it very much. Oh, I'll be your weird anachronism then uh, myself and, and my Australian friend. He lives in Tokyo. And um, like I can buy things online. I have like credit card information, but I do not have a piece of plastic that I can use in a store to pay for things. In neither wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so uh, when you go out, like if you go to a fast food place or pick up a meal, takeout, you, how do you pay? Cash. Oh, you pick out. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. You go. All you, cash when all you run time. out of cash, you run out of cash, you go to the bank and get more. Right. That's one of the reasons I walk around with relatively large amounts in my pocket all the time. So because <laughs> you might need you might need to use cash four or five times in a day or something, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, because once I'm under a hundred bucks in cash, I'm like, oh, I need to stop by the ATM again. So <laughs> yeah, I haven't hundred dollars cash in my wallet in a long time. Right, exactly. Even when it's, I have, even so when I have different. a stack of twos, I'll bring twenty dollars in twos with me uh, and keep that in my wallet. And then when I buy something small, I'll use a couple of them. And again, it always gets a reaction. It's, it's always cool. But um, even when I'm carrying twos, unlike that guy in the film, uh, Reisman, the guy in New York that hands them out all the time. Remember him with the, yeah, with the rap yeah. stars? He carries wads of them on him. Um, but I don't. I just carry enough to uh, enhance a transaction or if I'm going to buy something small. The interesting thing is, I was going to say, it doesn't feel like real money. Here I am, the guy that made the movie. If I have five twos in my wallet, yes, I, I know I have $10, but if I go to a store and buy something for $5.89, I'll give them three twos. Yeah, I'm spending $6, but I don't really feel like I'm spending $6. I feel like I'm just giving away three of my twos. Does that make any sense? Like it's it's money, but it's it's like I wasn't expecting to use it as money. If I give somebody three twos, um, it's it's not cash. And, I don't get, and again, I'm the one who said, few minutes ago that i love cash so i don't it's an interesting dynamic it even it plays tricks on my own mind that i want to keep my twos or you know if i can get something for six dollars and use three two dollar bills i'm really out any money because because they were just part of my my gift stack anyway well, i'll stop rambling on that one but it is an interesting thing for me the way that to use twos in my own life well i was just thinking it's um kind of interesting like how the brain works because it's simple math right but it's like our money math doesn't go there. Our money math is, you know, 25, 1, 5, 10. So the even numbers uh, don't really, we don't think of totally. that when we're thinking about money, you know? I think an another way to put it is if I go to the bank and buy $100 worth of $2 bills, they're going to give me 52s. In my mind, I've just spent $100. Like that 100 is gone, even though I have the exact amount of money in $2 bills. So again, we go to a store and I spend five eighty nine on something, I'll away three of my twos. I'm not giving away six dollars. I already spent that six dollars as part of the hundred. It's just how many twos I have left to use. That might be a better way to put. It. That's just the mentality that goes through my mind. How many twos do I like? These twos give me a chance to get a bunch of stuff for free because <laughs> I've already spent the hundred dollars to get them. Now it's just how many twos do I have to use before I run out? So it's uh, you know, again, I'm the guy that's promoting that 
real money and then I don't treat them as real money when I buy stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, we still occasionally get bonuses in Japan. So especially there's special bonuses sometimes and it's like, oh, buy a guitar or something. <laughs> you know, it's like not real money anymore. So that's kind of, exactly. kind of fun in a way. So um, yeah, it's like when you get when you get bonus money, like you just said, it doesn't like you feel like you're playing with house money to use a casino analogy. You know, you made an extra hundred that you didn't think you were gonna have. So you can spend it because you never really had it. It's like a hundred dollars of free stuff. It's yeah. it's a psychological way that we deal with money, I think is always interesting. That should be my that should be my next movie is the cycle psychology of money. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, I barely understand anything financial. So it's just like, uh, I don't know. I, I stopped thinking about money for the most part. I don't make more money. I just stopped thinking about it. And uh, so far, it's been okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, talk well, about going out with no credit card. Uh, I, I will say my, my wife does have a functional credit card, which is sometimes used. But hey, I'm often out by myself. So, <laughs> In an emergency, honey, pull out the credit card. Right. So. <laughs> You know, using $2 bills, the other thing which you saw in the film is it does help you be remembered. I mean, if you use them, people light up when they see them. If you're trying to get a table at a restaurant and you tip somebody a $2 bill, they're going to remember you. And they see the next time like, hey, you're the $2 bill guy. And they might give you better service or better treatment if they think they're getting a $2 bill as a tip as part of the deal. So they do have that uh, power. Again, is a good word that I come back to. They have a power to create conversation and connection and, and help people remember you and, and whatnot. So really cool bill top to bottom. Okay. Yeah. A conversation starter. Now mm-hmm. I grew up always hearing it as uh, I think I got the, uh, the bad luck messages from it. I have not had bad luck from a $2 bill, but uh, I do remember hearing that from other people the most. Yeah. Um, a small percentage of people consider the two to be bad luck. The majority think they're good luck. Uh, and that goes to the, the bad luck part goes to the whole thing, section of the film where people used to tear corners off the bills. They thought that warded off the bad luck. Again, these are topics I can get into for a while, but uh, to your listeners, go watch the film and you'll get, you'll get it all. But yeah, there's a lot of elements about the $2 bill, depending on how it comes across your, you know, your desk or your life, how you uh, receive one, it could be considered bad luck or good luck. And there, good luck. There are a number of origins of bad luck stories which are in the film one of them it's association with the racetrack you know bets being two dollars um prostitution back in the day two dollars uh, bribery for politicians two dollar bills you know there's a lot of factors that played into that and then luck is what you make of it if you think something's lucky then it is but there's no scientific proof anywhere that anything is lucky or unlucky it's just how you associate that object with circumstances and events in your life you can very easily associate a $2 bill with good luck if you want. Doesn't mean it, that's, that's not the reason why you had any luck. It's just your, your ability to put those two things together and perceive it that way. Right. You're putting your, your mental energy into it and making it that thing. So it's kind of up to you if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. So, uh, right. But, right. Again, but it goes did, back to how you got it. But it did make me wonder if it's a regional thing, you know, like at Atlanta, maybe the general vibe was, oh, it's bad luck or New York. Maybe it's good luck or something like that. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting way to look at. It. I've never really looked at it in those terms. If it's, you know, in one geographic area, more looked at more favorably than others. I haven't found any evidence just, you know, w- without looking and found any evidence or come across anything like that. It's really just each person has their own take on it, regardless of where they live. Um, I was wondering if your your research has had lead, led you into anything about you know 
I mean, obviously you showed a lot of the uh, technology on how money is made, which is some, uh, something that seems like they might. Did you have trouble filming that? Seems like something they wouldn't want filmed. No, I was, God, that's a great story because um, I called the Treasury Department looking for someone to interview, just an authority on money. And they were printing $2 bills two months later and invited me to come. They said, we well, you know we are making them and no one's ever filmed them. You want to come out? And I was like, are you crazy? Of course, I'll come out and do that. So I had to go through a few security clearances, but I was invited and I jumped on the chance to do it. And I flew out there with a colleague and we had two cameras, all that footage that you see, $2 bills being made, which came in incredibly handy. My goodness, that footage is invaluable for how I used it. Um, and even in the in supplemental material on my YouTube channel, that footage has proven to be invaluable. But me and another guy out there filming, you know, carte blanche on the floor, you know, angles of $2 bills flying right across me as I film underneath the machine. You saw the footage. Uh, it was a great experience to go out and do that and give, be given that kind of access. And from what I was told, I was the only person ever to film that. So if you see footage of $2 bills being made somewhere, it's either mine or uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. got to be mine. It's actually well, the way to put it. I, yeah. I, I guess we can pun intended and uh, call it the money shot of your film, right? So <laughs> the money, exactly. I don't think but anybody's it, used that pun ever. That, no one's used that pun, money shot. Okay, yeah. but uh, no, I mean that's that's the one I mostly remember because it's definitely something I hadn't seen. Because well, apparently no one's seen it unless you work there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great, and that was a day before my birth. Just been. Uh, so it was like a birthday gift, I guess, to fly out to Fort Worth, Texas and be given that access at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing and shoot that stuff. It was just a great experience. And, and actually, and it really gave the film a lot of credibility at the time. I was running a Kickstarter campaign, crowdfunding to raise money to make the film. And when I got that footage and inserted it into some materials to promote it, it really validated that what I was doing was legitimate and helped the, um, the campaign succeed really and help raise me the money to make the rest of the movie. Otherwise I don't, you know, if I didn't raise that money, I don't know what, you know, what I would have done. Probably uh, I wouldn't be sitting here. I know that. Right. But I, I was wondering if that, um, if you, that led you to learning about like current or future money technology. Um, again, I say I have, I have a friend from Australia and if you've come across Australian money, it's weird. It's kind of plasticky. You actually cannot tear it. Um, <laughs> And, and I hmm. I've never seen it. No, I, I you know, it's funny. I, I am. People look at me as this guy that made this movie and think that I'm like the money guy. I'm going to go out and follow this up with a bunch of other currency movies. And I, I could. But you know, it it was just it was a passion of mine to do this about the two dollar bill. Um, I was fascinated by the bill and interested in learning more. And you know, now I keep my YouTube channel going. I'm not as not as passionate about it to the point where I want to go off and make a movie about the 10, you know, it's just one of those things. It's something I felt I had to do to make that movie. And I hate to use the words I'm over it because that's not really accurate, but in layman's terms, I'm all over it. I've, I've done that film and I don't really have find myself having an interest in doing another currency movie. For right. Right. I'll, I'll just, I just grabbed my wallet. So I'll fly. I got two denominations of a Japanese money, which is the, the, they call it the Senyan. Yeah. So, um, okay, so that's ten dollars. That's ten dollars of American money, right? Right, and then this tell one would now be because like, all you take the decimal point and move it over to it. It's not quite that, but it basically close. works yeah, that yeah. way. Um, this one's just kind of fun. Um, 
the fun thing is if you hold it up to a light, which unfortunately I can't do for you, you get a ghost image of the person on the bill, which in the circle. I was just wondering. There, yeah, you I can kind of see them. I yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that's, see it. Yeah. That's, that's a counterfeiting main... measure, right? That's yeah, a counterfeiting yes, measure. Yeah. Exactly. And of course you get the, the stamp with uh, kanji characters, which is, is kind of fun. So okay. <laughs> no clue where it's made. I don't know enough kanji to tell you that. So, <laughs> so now we know how much money you have in your wallet. I, I got more of that. No, like I said, I tend to walk around with uh, quite a bit in, in my wallet. So um, it's weird. Like uh, I had a friend where it's like he was it? He, he dropped 10 yen and someone like came to the office with the 10 yen. Like he dropped it at the convenience store or something. And then someone brought it to the office. Just 10 yen. I mean, he didn't even care. Right. That's 10 cents, by the way. But <laughs> um, 10 yen is 10 cents. Right. So said? someone, okay. Yeah. So someone basically came to give him a dime that he dropped, like, you oh. know, five minutes later or something, just crazy, you know? Um, right. Right. You lose your wallet. It probably will come back with the money in it, which I don't think is the case in the States. Um, <laughs> no, if I, for your audience who's not looking at a video, I am not agreeing with you 100%. You're not getting that back. <laughs> there are some good, there are good people who, who would actually, but I'm, odds are up. Uh, against it if i were to lose my wallet i don't think i would have a whole lot of faith that i would get it back and then if you got it back here in the states you would actually be surprised you'd be extremely grateful because it's not really expected i hate to say it but it's true mm -hmm. um before we run out of time i want to push the ball ahead a little bit because uh you are up to other things you have a relatively new book so we should give that a few minutes of your time yeah thank you um you know, so I'm a filmmaker. I love storyteller, and so this this project um, was terrific. But I was, I grew up a writer, um, and and this two dollar bill movie. I mean, yeah, I shot it and I edited it, but I wrote it as well. I mean, I had to put it all together and tell a story. Um, but my writing roots, I used to write a lot of prose and fiction, and poems and silly stuff. And uh, recently, you know, I like big projects. I like things that take a while, and there's a reward at the end of it. And um, I kind of got away from my writing prose for a while. And so I had an idea for a story a year or two ago and sat down and started writing it as a book. And it came out to be a really hysterical novel about cancel culture. You know what cancel culture is here in the States. It's the phenomenon where, you know, you make a mistake, you say something 10 years ago that now doesn't sound so good. And, and you basically get canceled. You get fired from the TV show you're working on, or, you know, a lot of negativity surrounds you. So I wrote a book about a celebrity who sends out a tweet on Twitter that has a typo in it, which makes it something offensive, uh, which of course is not, is not his intent and the backlash on it and the media and what, what have you really ruins his career. And then everything he's ever done gets pulled back up uh, to be reexamined and makes him really one of the most hated people on the planet because he's offended every race and ethnicity unintentionally. But uh, once he's framed as this bad guy, because, this tweet, everything now, it takes on a new context. So it's a comedy, it's a fiction, humor fiction novel. It's called Just a Typo. And I think it's great. It's a terrific book, totally different than a $2 bill diary. But, you know, I like the fact you know, I can do these different things. I'm not strictly a documentarian or what have you that I can go off and take on a new project and write a book. So very funny stuff. If you're looking for a good read, it's called Just a Typo and it's on Amazon. Yeah, kind of uh, from your descriptions, I make me think of the, the flip side of maybe it's a Flannery O'Connor story with the uh, the war hero who turns out to be such a insufferable 
bastard that they just kind of seriously shove him out the window. (laughs) We can't can't put this guy in the public spotlight because everything, you know, the opposite, everything he says and does is horrible. This guy is horrible, even though he's technically a hero. So, you know, yeah, my main thing, I'm I'm a humorist. I mean, I prefer to do things that are funny. And when I started the $2 bill movie, you know, the $2 bill is a quirky piece of currency. So I just assumed it would be some funny, quirky little film um, until I started researching it, as I mentioned earlier. And then I, and the tone started changing. It wasn't a movie that I was going to make funny because it wasn't, there was no call for a humorous look at the $2 bill. That's a different type of project. So, um, I, you know, I was thrilled to make it. I love the way it came out the movie, but it wasn't in my element to the degree that I like to do things that are funny. So the book, a way to get back to that a little bit. And uh, I enjoyed that process just as much. I'm yeah, probably more proud of the movie. Well, the book's great. The movie was more of an accomplishment because you have to fly around the country and shoot it and edit it. The book, you sit at your desk and you write it. So uh, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I got to the end and I made it as good as it is. But uh, the film, the $2 bill documentary, probably is one of my achievements that I'm most proud of. Yeah, I guess being having not been in the States so long, there's things like, like cancel culture. I don't quite even understand what it is because I feel like that wasn't happening in 2010 and hey one of my coworkers would say hey it's not a thing you know so um things work differently here um my favorite some of my favorites is there's a politician who uh spent public money by going to the hot spring about 130 times that year which hot springs okay so that's not good no no but he had to make his public apology and um you know, he's just sobbing on camera, like making this ridiculous display of himself. But that's kind of the Japanese thing, you know, like, uh, you know, profuse bowing, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> so. actually funny. See, I got to go that route with my next humor novel. I mean, it's OK. But the whole thing about cancel culture is you got to be careful. Because if I told a story and had any sort of mock, not, not that I would be mocking Japanese culture, but if it felt like I was mocking Japanese culture, that's the kind of thing that invokes cancel culture nowadays. Someone's going to get offended by it. Someone's going to see it and not take it as just, you know, satire. They're going to take it as, oh, that's offensive. You're, you're bad mouthing Japanese. And then all of a sudden I become this victim. You go on social media and start saying, look what this guy did, you know, to Japanese culture. He skewered it and this thing and made fun of it. He's a bad guy. And then everybody in Japan hates me. So that's kind of what cancel culture is in a nutshell. I, I would have to be careful. Um, if I wrote something funny about Japanese culture, because people nowadays are looking to take it, they're looking to take it the wrong way, be offended by it and use it as means to attack me back. And that's, it's the culture we're living in here in America. You can't do anything wrong because there's going to be unjust consequences for simple mistakes or misinterpretations of what you meant. Of course, uh, you know, social media kind of is the stage for most of this though i mean uh, I, I think with comedians sometimes it's like they said something 15 years ago and that that comes out bad but in general it's social media like um we don't edit our i mean we shouldn't self-censor but my like i don't need to tell you what i think of trump or biden on facebook you know <laughs> like if yeah, we're gonna cause... do it let's let's have a conversation about it you know um but posting on facebook it's not going to (laughs) help yeah and the thing about social media you're not changing anybody's mind on so have you ever read a post about somebody something you disagreed with and went hmm that's an interesting way to look at it i think i'll rethink that never happens the first thing you do when you see a post like that is you go in there and you make your argument against 
that's what the comments are for. So, you know, no chance. So that's not the place. That's, I don't ever post anything political. And I, I try not to bring it up like even here, like when I do podcasts. I mean, I made my comment about our election earlier. That's, that's it as far as I'm going. <laughs> right, right. No, my dad, I get along very well with my father. But, um, you know, he, he was posting some relatively out there posts for a while. It's kind of getting a little annoying. Um, now he's gotten to the point where he's often commentating on like news commentators. And it's I have no idea what he's even talking about. So. <laughs> People nowadays, they've, been, they've all been given a platform um, and they want to use it to go after it. Again, I mean, you have a podcast. I'm not saying you're doing this, but you know, you can start a podcast now, right? And so you can find an audience who will listen to what you have to say and you can make your opinion. And if you want to be the kind of person that attacks and criticizes uh, newscasters, then that can be your thing, right? And so yeah. there's a, a forum to do that now, whereas when we were younger, you didn't have that. So Everybody feels like they have a voice, and if they have an agenda, they can they can get it out there really easily nowadays. But it's yeah. dangerous. That's what cancel culture has uh, proven that it's dangerous. And this poor sap in my novel uh, feels the brunt of it, even though he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> exactly. But um, that is there are great things about American culture, great things about Japanese culture, but people keep their opinions pretty close to the chest in Japan. You, you really got to pry to even get these opinions in the first place. But that also means that people tend to get along. Uh, and if they don't, it's usually passive aggressive. Again, I don't know if that's better or not, but uh, I, I that... would imagine it's better there, to be honest with you. I, I would imagine it's probably more peaceful in Japan and you don't deal with half the crap we deal with nowadays. Because sometimes I'll hear like, oh, this coworker and this coworker actually they don't get along. I'm like, oh, I never really noticed because it's just not out in the open. <laughs> Different culture for sure. I, I guess I haven't been there, but I'm sure it would be uh, eye-opening to come out there and spend some time and be able to compare it one way. Yeah, one to my, the way we live here. One of my regular uh, podcasting co-hosts, his his solution was just to stop scrolling on anything. No scrolling. If you're on Twitter, you don't scroll. I, I think he scrolls on Instagram still, but that's because you know, it's photos, right? But uh, no scrolling on Facebook. I caught him scrolling on Twitter last week. I was like, you're scrolling. He's like, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Interesting. That's not, it's, that'd be hard. I mean, you can't open Twitter because if you open Twitter, you're only looking at five or six tweets. If you don't scroll, you're only looking at the top couple on your feed. So you'd open Twitter and you'd have to close it. Instagram, yeah, you'd scroll. But Facebook, if you open it, you probably get one or two posts. And then if you don't scroll, that's all you're Right. That's all he wants. <laughs> He doesn't want more than that. Like for me, I, I don't know Twitter at well. I, I post, I'll post this to Twitter, this podcast to Twitter, but that, I basically post podcasts to Twitter and uh, don't think about it uh, otherwise. So hmm. interesting. Well, maybe I'll try that one day. I don't know if I can do it. I mean, I'm not a media addict, but when I check Twitter and whatnot, I mean, I scroll, it'd be really difficult to find any value in Twitter. I'm just going to open it up and see three or four posts and then have to close it that's kind of pointless to me i wouldn't do it no i i, I am guilty of some morning facebook scrolling for sure so <laughs> not saying that's my uh -huh. necessary what i do but uh even facebook though it's mostly i'll post my artistic creative pursuits there i i do a, quite a bit of messaging although i refuse to put messenger on my phone for some reason but uh <laughs> you know it's a boredom thing too i think you know you're in a waiting room or whatever you're doing now, um, the phone is the go-to, right? I mean, people are pulling out their phones, even like if they're sitting in a movie 
and the movie hasn't started yet. You look around before the lights go down, everybody's on their phone. It's just where we go now. We don't talk to each other. We don't sit patiently and wait. We open up our phone and we usually are looking for something probably on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, or TikTok. That's where people go. It's they open their phone when they're bored and that's how they kill time. Yeah. When I am waiting for trains, I, I don't always do this, but sometimes I make it a point just to not look at any screens while I'm waiting for that train. So <laughs> that's a hard, hard to do, man. That's a, kudos to you if that's if you could pull that off and, and well that's how i got into podcasting really i do an awful lot of walking i used to be a, a relatively large dude so just a lot of walking and uh, i'm not looking in a screen while i'm walking i'm walking but i'm listening to podcasts usually so i you know although it is nice when it's been like 10 minutes i'm like hey i'm just walking i'm not even listening to anything so that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah it's called nature right yeah exactly <laughs> uh John, you mentioned your book a little bit, but uh, could you point folks to your website or, or where, or if they should yeah, go to well, Amazon let's see. So I have, um, I kind of have websites because I do different things, you know, because a $2 bill movie doesn't tie in with a humor fiction novel, it's tough to put them on the same page. So my personal website, which is more of an author website is johnbernardo.com. And that's B-E-N-N-A-R-D-O, first name J-O-H-N. So johnbernardo.com. There I've got some humorous blogs and, and writings but if you want to learn the movie itself is at uh, two dollar bill movie.com and that's the numeral two dollar bill movie.com all one word and there's some um, more information on the film or you know clips and whatnot uh, let's see where else can that, those are the two main places to find me depending on what you're looking for uh, facebook author page you know facebook.com slash john bernardo author and then, of course, on YouTube, the Bill documentary, it's in that case, it's spelled out uh, TWO. So the two dollar bill documentary. Or you could just go to YouTube and type dollar sign two in the word bill, two dollar bill into the search field. It'll pull up videos that have the word two dollar bill in it. And inevitably, one or more of them will be from my channel. And then you can just click on one of the videos or click on the channel name and, and you can subscribe to the channel that way and, and see the 60 something videos. I have up there. Some of them are clips from the film. So if you've seen the film, you don't have to watch those. But there's got to be 50, 55 other fresh content pieces to learn more and more about the $2 bill. And of course, I'll have a link or two in the show notes for folks that want yeah, to get great, into that. So. Great. Be great. <laughs> yeah, well, John, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming in today. You know, it's it's uh, sometimes the niche topics turn out to be the deepest topics. So this is, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a fun fun one to look at so <laughs> yeah and it's i always um i've done some podcasts and interviews for the book and then people find out that i have a movie about two dollar bills and the conversation always goes there so even when promoting my book i'm, I'm talking about two dollar bills today i appreciate the fact that you have me on for two dollar bills you mentioned the book so it's, it's it's interesting uh people just find it to be an interesting topic i think that's why the ch youtube channel is successful i think that's why i've had really a good run with the film all right we'll have a good one then thank you so much appreciate again you having me on did you advance the film strip are you on the final page well done 